And I would say it's not something I sought to be inspired. It's something I kind of retreated to out of necessity. I mean, even now I feel like I'm in such a digital tunnel all day long that in a way I feel like I sometimes only come up for air when I'm being creative and using these materials. It's very much a need as much as a want. Welcome to Cosmic Rx Radio, a podcast that gives you real-life tools of spiritual empowerment and pure hype. I'm your host and intuitive guide, Maddie Murphy. I'll be serving up your weekly energy readings, cosmic boss interviews, and astro inspiration. Are you ready to love yourself more, manifest your dream life, and own your magic? Let's jump in. Today's guest, I am tickled pink to have on. Meredith Wing is a true creative trailblazer. She is a highly sought after, internationally renowned mixed media fashion illustrator. And most famously, you have definitely seen her. She is most known for her whimsical, one of a kind, three dimensional drawings. Yep, you probably saw her hashtag some flower girls art that has gone viral, dancing all over the internet and social media since 2014 where she combines fresh flowers, produce, and other found objects. She has been featured in Vogue, New York Times, Elle, Huffington Post, and has collaborated with brands such as Soho House, Herbal Essences Coach, Grey Goose, and even created limited edition packaging for Burt's Bees. That's that's the real victory there. Um, <laughs> and I also saw she did a beautiful, gorgeous, vibrant pride mur- mural in NYC. So she is someone who I believe truly makes magic come to life with her talent and passion. And I think she's basically a real life fairy. So get ready to have your next creative crush. I am so excited to have Meredith on as today's cosmic change maker. Well, first of all, thanks for that beautiful introduction. I just got a little confidence boost there. <laughs> I'm just, um, I'm so glad to be chatting with you, Maddie. And this is something different for me. So it's, um, I'm excited to change it up. Yes, changing it up. I love it. No, this is such a gift to have you on. So let's start by actually having you just introduce yourself in your own words, a little bit about you and, and what you do so you can let people know. Yeah, my name is Meredith Wing and I'm a 35-year-old mom living in Brooklyn with my husband, Mike, and my daughter, Parker. And I got started on this path of being an illustrator and being an artist sort of by accident. It was something I'd always done as a child at my mom's kitchen table, had sort of dabbled in interior design and fashion design and different sort of creative realms throughout my 20s, but never thought it could be a profession. And then it wasn't until I was at Columbia in architecture school in 2015 that I started realizing very much what I didn't want to do, which was Mm -hmm. be a traditional architect Mm -hmm. and have a certain lifestyle I sort of retreated into, regressed into what I was doing 
as a child at the kitchen table, which was drawing. And so something I started sharing personally on Instagram just for fun, something that was therapeutic to me, ended up catching the eye of Soho House, of Town & Country. People started asking me for pieces of artwork. I started charging for them. I started to figure out how I could make an income. I told myself, you know, six years ago, as long as I'm having fun, and meeting cool people, and I can pay the bills. Like That's my definition of success, and I'll see where it takes Mm -hmm. me. And I haven't looked back since. Woo! Oh my God, I have chills right now. I love that. (laughs) Took me 30 years to to get back to four years old. Mm, Yeah. I mean, you're just speaking my language. I feel like one of the first things I have all my clients do or anyone who's looking for the purpose, I'm like, what did you do as a kid? What did you love yeah. to do as a child? What could you do for hours? Um, so mm-hmm. I love that in that moment of, like you said, regression, you return to that kitchen table. And yeah, what a world away. I mean, I know obviously Columbia, an amazing school, and I know architecture programs at any school are incredibly demanding and grueling. And um, I I kind of love that that led you to this really like soft and tender and like whimsical place inside of you. And I'm so grateful because that was when I met you, you know, years ago in Montauk, I feel like social media, like Instagram had really taken like the next level of like explosion then. And I was like, I'm not getting joy from Instagram. This is not sparking joy for Mm -hmm. me right now. And I was like, I just want to like leave this app forever. Or I don't know. It's like, seems really fake. And then, you know, I was introduced to your account through our friends, Ashley and Lauren, Ashley Holtz. Um, well, actually, wait, no, not Ashley Holtz, Ashley Stone and Lauren yes. and Matt. And everyone's <laughs> yeah. But I was like, wow, this is an account. This is like someone who's creating art in such a beautiful way and like bringing such light to Instagram. And it was actually one of the things that kind of made me shift my whole perspective on like, oh yeah, this is so cool to find different artists and creators. So thank you for bringing um, me back to Instagram, bringing joy there. And I'm going to be like, oh yeah, there's all these people doing really cool, creative things. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely, that's what people, that's kind of the service I provide is sort of like a visual breath of air um, in people's day and kind of an escape from all the self-comparison and self-loathing that you know, social media can bring as well, and which I suffer from too. So what started out as being sort of a personal retreat has ended up being something I can share as a retreat with, um, with my audience and community. So good. It's so true. And I love that. I always, um, we're going to talk about your chart in a moment, but um, one of the things I love about astrology is there's this thing in our chart called our Chiron and its symbol is like a key. It's glyph icon. It's a little key in your chart. And it's actually where you have like a wound or where you have a sensitive spot. It feels tender. And it's like the thing you don't want to look at or deal with. But when you do, it unlocks so much in your chart, but it also unlocks like your own medicine that you needed. And then you're meant to share it with the world. So it's like, even hearing your story, I'm like, yeah, I can see like the thing that like you did for yourself. Like this gave me some sort of, you know, sanctuary respite, some sort of joy, nourishment. And now you're doing that for, I mean, people all over the world um, and like working with all these cool brands and in all the places it's taken you. Um, it's a real testament to that, to the power of that, like finding your own medicine and then sharing it. 
Great. And um, I'm excited to hear about how the chart aligns um, with with some of what I'm saying. I'm sure as I'm talking, you're going, yep. Check, oh, check, yep. Check. That's what I'm, I'm like, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going like, to go back to that. that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, you know, you and your illustrations, you combine three of all of our favorite things. You have flowers, you have food in them, you're combining fashion. Those are like three just like dream energies to work with. What like what was your inspiration? You, know, you had the illustrations in your kitchen table. What made you want to bring like flowers into them and all these mixed media pieces? Yeah, well, to be honest, I'm someone who also gets really trapped in my devices and in digital culture and glued to a laptop all day, glued to my phone all day, getting headaches from looking at a screen. It's just being able to do something tactile where I'm handling flowers and petals and smelling them and, you know, the textures and colors of of fruits and vegetables. That was just something that really spoke to me, that sort of having a visceral experience um, doing a craft. And then translating into fashion, because I just love kind of the semiotics of fashion. And I love expression through clothes and through style. And particularly the way that women, bold women, carry those garments. So I am sort of combining what I see as like a love of the natural world and an escape that I need there into something that I appreciate about humanity, which is just courageous women. So I guess now that I say it out loud, it's kind of marrying Mm -hmm. a passion I have in nature to a passion I have in humankind, because I think I'm, I'm very much a humanist. I, my mom's um, a psychologist and I just, I love people and I could like just listen to people <laughs> talk for hours. So yeah, it was sort of the marriage of my love of fashion with my sort of need to do something that spoke to my senses. Mm. Oh my God. I can, I'm so excited to tie it all into your chart. Cause I'm, yeah. it's so beautiful. That's so, I love that. I think even when you were describing just listening to you talk about like the flowers and the petals and the scent, um, I was like, it took me into that space. And it's so true. Just working with that, like energetically, I feel like probably has given you its own boost of like magic or inspiration along the way. Taking It's like holding on to the essence of a flower while you're creating. I'm like, yeah, like that's transformative. That's really cool. Yeah. And I would say it's not something I sought to be inspired. It's something I kind of retreated to out of necessity. I mean, even now I feel like I'm in such a digital tunnel all day long that in a way I feel like I sometimes only come up for air when I'm being creative and using these materials. I don't know if you feel similarly to any of your work too, but it it's very much a need as much as a want. Mm-hmm. Right. Like an outlet. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, I love what you said about, um, I like smiled when you talked about fashion and like the bold women who wear them. Cause that's always how I feel, especially, you know, being in like a street fashion or some, you know, since you're in New York or London pre pre COVID when I used to travel, but I'd be yeah, somewhere yeah. <laughs> and I would just stop and look at someone and be like, damn, like, I love that that person is pulling off like this huge orange, like feather coat and like a cool hat and like purple high heels. And I'm just like, that is just, I'm literally just feel charged up looking at that person. Totally. Carry themselves or e- that way. 
or even if it's if it's less outwardly bold, just the way we communicate with what we wear, I think it's just so uh, so powerful. Absolutely. Okay. And I, we're going to dig into your chart in a moment, okay. um, but I have to bring up, you are a Cancer rising. So I'm a Cancer rising too. So it's probably why I like, I've loved you since I met you, but there's like a, yeah. very, um, a connection. People have two, like, you know, the same ascendance. We kind of like see the world through the same way, give off the same vibe. And your Cancer rising um, is going to speak to a lot of like what motivates you. Part of you know, cancer yeah. is the sign that's ruled by the moon. It's connected to the divine feminine. Cancer is the sign of like the mother, the nurturer. And it's like when you have a cancer rising, you are sort of led by emotions and by feelings. Like you said, you're a version of success. I was like, that's so cancer rising. It's like not just about you know numbers or outward success or someone else's idea. It's like, I want to feel a certain way and I want to make other people feel a certain way. So cancer being the sign of the mother, I am intrigued I'm literally intrigued personally as a fellow cancer rising, how has like motherhood shaped your work or or shifted? I'm sure in so many ways, but is there a significant way you felt it come across in your work or in like Hmm. how you approach your work? I mean, I think just on a very sort of mundane level, like I've just become so much more efficient because I have such a primal need to be available for my child when my Mm. child care hours are over. So, you know, I get things done because I'm prioritizing really being present for her because I have to be. And then content wise, I mean, I, I have become so much more observant just of the way she interacts with the world. Mm-hmm. And the way she perceives, you know, something for the first time is is just so magical. And I'd like to think I have a heightened awareness too when I approach materials. But I think more than that, it's her kind of joy and surprise is a reminder to me to find that as well in what I do. I think I draw sort of mother and children figures with a little more tenderness. And I'm sure there are ways I haven't even noticed that motherhood has worked itself into my drawings, but those are, those are the most obvious ways I've seen it so far. Oh, I love that. First of all, I'm like, Ooh, I want some of that. When I have a child one day, I hope it translates to that being more efficient. I'm like, yes, I love that. (laughs) But it totally makes sense of like your priorities. And I love your intention of just wanting to be present above all else and how um, I'm sure that really maybe makes you realize like, actually I am pretty powerful to get certain things done when I have the right, like incentive and the right, like boundaries of my time. So (laughs) I was like, Ooh, yes, I'll have some of that, please. Just being efficient out of necessity, I think, has been the biggest uh, the biggest <laughs> shift in my in my work. Um, so it's less about the content and more about the process for me. Oh, okay, I love that. All right, so let's dive in. I have other questions I want to ask you, but we'll do it. We'll go through the lens of your chart. We'll go on the journey. So I am obsessed with your chart for so many reasons because. Again, like hearing you talk, I'm like, yes, ping, ping, pinging, all things I wanted to ask you about in your chart. So the first thing I was going to ask is something, you know, did something with your mother, your relationship with your mother heavily influence your career? And then Mm. right off the bat, talking about being at our kitchen table, I'm like, yes, because you have your Virgo moon is in your fourth house, which is your house of being connected to your mother, connected to your home, connected to your childhood, and it's directly under your midheaven. So it's like your work is going to be like illuminated 
by something you did in your childhood, something you did to connect to your mother and something you did probably in your like physical childhood home. So I love that you already like pinged that for me. I'm like, yep, there's her moon illuminating her midheaven, illuminating your mm. purpose on um, your work in the world. And you mentioned in the bio form that you have like obsessed, like you're very uh, OCD perfectionist. Very much. Yeah. That's that Virgo moon. So you have mm. an Aquarius stellium. You have five planets in Aquarius and you have a Virgo moon. And some of my teachers call Aquarius winter Virgos because Virgos and Aquariuses are very, they like things to get done the way they like things to get done. Uh, Virgo is more detail oriented. Aquarius is more like visionary, big picture, wanting things to be a certain way. So I was like, yep, that's pretty hardwired in your chart. Your moon representing your inner world and your emotional world is in Virgo, the sign of Really, truly, the root of like the word virgin in this case is the one who's sovereign, who's whole and of herself. And it's a very mm. independent woman. And so I love that even in your work, you have your cancer rising and your moon in Virgo. These are two signs that are very connected to the feminine. So how you're being led through life is like a celebration of the divine feminine, a celebration of bringing people together. Um, you're led by your emotions. And then your inner world is really connected to this really strong, independent woman who's amazingly discerning with her details. I see a lot, you know, your moon in the fourth house home is so important to you. Family, so important to you. I always tell anyone with a Virgo moon, the only thing you have to do is just watch out for too much self-criticism because mm -hmm. the blessing and the curse, I'm a Virgo son. So I feel this, the blessing and the curse of Virgo is eye for detail and mm -hmm. wanting to mm -hmm. do so much, so much, so much. So it's always about, you know, just knowing that you could see how things could be better and knowing when to invest that energy in it and when to pull back and be like, you know what? I've done enough for today, actually. <laughs> I did really great, actually. Um, so yeah. does that resonate with you at all? It absolutely resonates. And it's really interesting because I'd never done a deep dive before. And I'd always sort of read descriptions of Aquarius and seeing that like you're, you know, you're sensitive artist, but then there were all these other kind of elements that I did not relate to, like being carefree and be sort of freewheeling. And I'm the opposite. Like I am, I'm anxious. I mean, these are things I work on, you know, I'm anxious. I'm hypersensitive to detail for better or for worse. I want to do anything and everything I can in every situation and I obsess and I'm a perfectionist. So that sounds a lot more like the Virgo, which you're telling me is, say it again, it's my son. So yeah, it's your, your moon is in Virgo in your yeah, moon. house. So your moon is like sitting and also the most like sacred inner part of your chart too, really connected to your home and your lineage mm -hmm. and and it's like nestled in there. So it's it, it's going to dictate a lot of your work and how you move through the world. But Virgo moons, one of the superpowers of Virgo moons or anywhere where you have Virgo in your chart, Virgo is like the person who takes something and then notices a few details and makes it something from good to great. 
So I love that, like even your illustrations and art, it's like, I think if you had made your fashion illustrations, they would have been a hit online. They're beautiful, but like, Ooh, those magic details of like the flower petals, the little pieces of coconut, the leaves, all of a sudden people are like transfixed. Right. So that's part of the Virgo energy is the details. It's like, Ooh, that's just, but then of course, everything in astrology is a spectrum of like, yeah. great, amazing. It's your superpower, but could also be your biggest like mm-hmm. stumbling block too. <laughs> so that's why I would say astrology is just about awareness. It's not about binary of like good, bad. It's just about being like, you know what? Self-talk, Meredith, Virgo Moon, notice all those details, do a great work for that project and that client. Oh my God, like you probably throw the best little parties for, you know, Parker. Like you probably just do things that are so like detail oriented, but then be like, maybe I don't have to have that much detail oriented attention when I'm doing something for someone who's maybe like not in my inner sphere mm-hmm. or I had to do list with um, 150 things to do today. And I did 70 of them. That's still a lot. Like mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. when to release that is a, is a big lesson for the Virgo moon. But let's talk about your Aquarius stellium for a second, because I was like super blown away. First of all, this whole year, 2021, is like the year of Aquarius. It might even be like the decade of Aquarius. So oh, nice. <laughs> I'm definitely feeling like whatever you're serving up, whatever your intuitive nudges are, or the things that are important to you, it's like the world really needs them now. And you're going to feel really supported in bringing them out. Okay. So a stellium in a chart just means a big concentration of energy. So you have this like concentrated force of Aquarian energy. And even what you do, Aquarian is very free thinking, is very invented, is very progressive, is a little bit even rebellious. Uh, of course, the Virgo moon is like rebel. Yes. But like, let's just make sure we're like, you know, playing by the rules a little bit. Like it's like, this, like uh-huh. two, two things happening, but it's like doing things in a different way. And everything you do is like, I have never seen anyone who makes art in the way you do. And Aquarius, one of your guiding principles is going to be to kind of affect positive change on humanity. That's the Aquarius, like ultimate driving force is like, yes, being rebellious. Yes. Being a revolutionary. Yes. Being a little bit of a troublemaker Mm -hmm. or doing disrupting something because I want us to like push forward in our narratives or in our storytelling or make things more inclusive. And when I saw that you did like your pride mural and um, I saw it on featured on, I think guest of a guest and the tagline, I don't have it here. If I was a better podcast you know, <laughs> journalist, I'd have it right here. But you said You're something good. that was so beautiful about like your take on like what pride means. And it was about just, you know, being inclusive and celebrating all different walks of life. And I think like if that's something that you're ever pulled towards nudging, all that Aquarian energy is going to support you. And also Aquarian energy, all the stellium means that you'll find your most success in life through technology and the digital world and Aquarius hmm. rules the internet. So it makes sense that you're like a viral artist. Like, even though I know you do beautiful things in person and you've gotten to travel and, and do many things that are like tactile and touch, but your primary way of spreading your message yeah is through like internet and the digital Mm -hmm. landscape and technology. So if you have any plans to continue to pursue that or, you know, continue out in that digital world, that's going to be something where you're always going to find like a a little spark 
people paying attention. That's like where you yeah. get flow energy. Does that make it's sense to you? interesting you say that because I actually was considering developing a project that would be very much in the digital world. So maybe that's mm-hmm. the little push I need to get going. Consider yourself pushed, especially okay. if it's going to be within this year. Again, you're in a very Aquarian year through 2021. Not only are you an Aquarius stellium, which is such visionary, I'm also very intellectual, very scientifically minded, like logical. So to hear that you're in architecture school, I'm like, that makes sense. Aquarians love science and love um, I love philosophy. Philo- I like, love like intellectual comfort. I'm a pseudo intellectual. I love conversation. Oh. I love um, just like brain picking. Brain picking. <laughs> Aquarius is like the, you know, just wants to study and expand the mind and super intellectual. And like every Aquarian I know is like either lost in a book or like um, studying something super interesting and expansive. And they would say like, you can't have like small talk with a lot of like heavy Aquarius energy in your chart. It's like, no, let's go right into it. Like, let's go right into the deep end or, you know, go into like a, a black hole of talking about things that are meaningful or profound. So for you, it's just something because you have also your Venus there, which is like your planet of how you receive pleasure and how you open up and how you become magnetic studying in that way and being in that like I don't even say pseudo intellectual for you you just are an intellectual like Mm. that kind of that is something that's it's like uh turning up the dial in your mojo and your magnetism when you're like studying that and having interesting conversations and studying different ideologies so that's something definitely good for you always to pursue but all those Aquarius planets are in your eighth house so normally if someone had an Aquarius stellium in a different part of their chart, I'd be like, okay, yeah, you're going to be a, a scientist or a policymaker or a political leader. But with the eighth house is a very metaphysical, witchy, magical, woo-woo part of the chart. Yeah. <laughs> so eighth house, you know, it's kind of a, a chart that rules like scorpionic, Scorpio type things in our life. So it's shamanism, you know, spirituality, life and death, uh, transformation, power, the occult is very associated with the eighth house. So when someone has a planet in the eighth house and you have four, it's usually (laughs) that you do have a deep awareness of like the subtler energies in life and like psychic energies. So is this something I saw you put in your intake form? Is this something you've been curious about with yourself? I, Maddie, I think I'm psychic. (laughs) <laughs> tell me what makes you think that or what what's been nudging you in that direction I I mean obviously I'm, I'm kind of being a little facetious but I just have very strong let's say intuition about situations or behaviors or life events that often come to meet what I anticipate I think I have a certain sensitivity for some type of, you know, energy level out there, uh-huh. just a sensitivity. Yeah. Yes, and, um, honey. Yes. yeah, yeah. What else can I say about that? Okay. I guess like there are a couple like funny examples that are not, that are not like no one would call me to, you know, book a, a psychic <laughs> session, but like, but like I can, I can look at a picture of someone, for example, and with, probably 85 to 90% accuracy tell you exactly how old they are like to the year. So like 42 versus 43 or 58 versus 59. 
you know, sort of like really kind of random or just odd things like that. <laughs> I'm very, very accurate. Okay, so I am just here. You heard it here first on the Cosmic RX Radio. <laughs> you are 1,000%, I would say, open to the etheric realm. You have psychic capabilities. I am a believer that we all have intuitive gifts. It's just about understanding the language, how they speak sure. to us. But I will say yours are very front and center. You know, first and foremost, you're a cancer rising. Like I said before, cancer rising, it's how you're like perceiving the world, how it's like your first instinct. So what's guiding you? It's how other people pick up on you. Cancer is this like a watery, empathetic, open to other energies. It's the sign of the mother. So you think about how mothers have to be Mm -hmm. in tune. So Mm -hmm. cancer rising, it's like you're a sponge for other people's emotions and energies. I do feel that. So a big thing for you and any Cancer Risings listening mm-hmm. is learning about good energy hygiene. Totally. Like it's so cool to feel like open to energies, but if you live in a place like New York, you're you're really busy. It's like, it's like you're have a, um, like a lint trap all day of other people's emotions and energy. And it's just good to have a practice of like clearing that or else you could feel really heavy, lethargic, just off depressed um, for reasons that may have nothing to do with you. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, cancer risings always need like the kind of that boundary just because you can feel someone's discomfort or pain doesn't mean it's necessarily your job to fix it. No. It's never your job to take it on. So. Totally. I mean, and I, and that really resonates with me because I feel like I'm someone who just my personality is to take kind of emotional cues from other people as opposed to being more of a, of a guider and to sort of like mold my behavior and my demeanor to to sort of match someone else's instead of, you know, having a tone and, you know, having some sort of balance there. So, I mean, I think that kind of echoes what you just said. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, that's very, very, very cancerizing. And then on kind of the you have, a, you have a lot of watery, intuitive parts of your chart. All of your Aquarius in the eighth house is going to make you, like I said, that's a very psychic part of your chart. So you're going to understand things. You're going to have visions. You're going to have the, the eighth house is more of like an intensity to your psychic energy and not to alarm you, but a lot of people with eighth house stelliums kind of can work in that space that's in between like death and life. So when you mm. look, look at a photograph, I was almost picturing you saying like, uh, like you could feel really connected to things that are like old antiques. You could feel um, doing mm-hmm. Work, mm-hmm. like helping people through transformative work you know, in your mm. art. If you ever want to do transformative work or even like, like I know it sounds funny, but I can almost picture you working with like bones and things that are like mm. that eighth house is a um it's a space of things that in a society we don't always want to talk about, but it's where we sure. a lot of power and a lot of healing energy. Mm. And for you, it's an area of life where you can really you know where your sun is is there, and wherever your sun is in your chart is like an area of life that you're meant to share your brilliance in. Mm-hmm. Um, so thinking about that transformation connected into the more metaphysical aspects of life, understanding your own energy, like even, you know, things like Kundalini or breath work or meditate ways of harnessing your own energy. And then of course, like working in anything that's that bridge of like death and life, like Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of like dark, but in a way that's very powerful and it's not dark energetically. It's just things that are like, Ooh, 
like that's cool. It's kind of witchy, but yeah, um, in a no, way, it's I, really powerful. No, I totally, I love that. Um, I do feel like death is very much a part of my like daily awareness. Like you know, without <laughs> without sounding too creepy, like I do think about death a lot and sort of the timeline of life, but I find it very like liberating in a yes. way that makes my sort of anxieties and my focuses seem really trite and and sort of clears my goals as things to to focus on. I, I do often feel like I'm very aware of the sort of finite time that we have on earth and try to use it as sort of a, a push towards goals. And it's funny that you say that sort of like connection, because I mean, yeah, I mean, without like sounding too, yeah, creepy, there's like a way where I, if I'm around sort of very old things, I I feel like a sort of spiritual energy there. Ooh, okay. I love that. I love all of this. It's just, I just want to validate that's very real. Like all of your understanding of that and your awareness of that it is somehow like fueling you and and teaching you about something. Also, just on a more forecasting note, 2021, big year for you, all of your Aquarius. If you're interested at all in, I don't know, like if you're interested in taking on an investor or investing in something, you have a lot of activity in your chart that would be very supportive around like investments. It's also the same Mm. part of your chart. It's like sort of something to think about, but all of this eighth house activity we're talking about is very lit up. You have Jupiter, the planet of expansion, was in this part of your chart, lighting all of this up. And you're going to continue to experience that through the end of 2021. And then right now, the summer, Jupiter, the planet of expansion, moved uh, to the sign of Pisces, which is actually your midheaven. So I talk about with people, we all have purpose built into our chart hardwired, but our purpose is not one thing. You know, our birth chart isn't like a, you know, career test for the guidance counselor. Yeah. Yeah, It's not like, you know, do one thing, be a fireman, be a doctor. It's like, here's the things, the gifts that you have and the ways you can express them. And there are different times in your life where certain things will be more amplified and supported, but your MC, your midheaven, which is the highest point of your chart, and has a lot to do with how you're meant to bring your gifts to the world is in Pisces, which is the sign of the artist, but the mystic, the dreamer, the one who reminds us of like how connected we are. And so doing anything that has a little, has creativity behind it, has um, spirituality behind it, has something that's almost like, I find that Pisces midheavens, they're here to bring the mystical into the mundane a little bit, like to remind Mm -hmm. people I have a Pisces midheaven too. So it's like, our jobs is like, yes, you're a human. Yes, there's the details of life. Yes, things get hard. But also, don't forget the sparkle and the glitter and the remembrance that you're like this infinite soul. And this is just like how I deliver my work is through that way. So that's what you have. So it's like, here's my art. But And I literally wrote, I'm like, yeah, you're like a real life fairy. Like your art is so whimsical and so beautiful. So continuing to pursue that and this summer, you might have an opportunity of a new realm or avenue to expand that might set the state or it will set the stage for 2022 for you. So just pay attention to where you feel it just started May 14th and it goes through July 28th. So just pay attention to who's seeing you, who's paying attention, the ideas you have of how you want to bring your work out in the world. And it's going to give you like a coming attraction, a cosmic sneak peek 
at something that's going to be a larger theme for 2022. I love that. Okay. And something, you know, I know we're almost done. I could literally talk about people's charts for like three hours. So we're almost yeah, done no, with I'm time. Loving this. But one thing I did want to, so that's, you know, your mid heaven line. But one of my favorite things to talk about in someone's chart is your North node. North and the, node. And the moon. So the moon is very important because it's our inner world. It's what's guiding us. It's also how we heal our inner child is by understanding our moon, you know, talking to your Virgo moon. It's how we like nourish ourselves so that we can go out and do all the things we want to do in the world. But then our North node, this very like esoteric part of our chart that's about people are like, isn't all of astrology esoteric? But to me, like some people do more like mundane astrology, day-to-day forecasting. Your North node is what a lot of astrologers believe is like your soul's path, like your karma, mm. what you're here to do, what you're here to fulfill in this lifetime. And yeah, for the first 30, 30 years of our life, we don't always resonate with it. Mm-hmm. But then we like we're pulled to it. And it's how we're meant to live our life in everything, in our relationships, in our partnerships, in our work, leaning into this. So your North Node is in Taurus in the 11th house. So North Node in Taurus is like, first of all, you are here to be successful, <laughs> like make like like financial success, abundance to create something that creates security for yourself and others. But Taurus is ruled by Venus. So North Node in Taurus, a lot of your life is to bring beauty into the world and to build something, to build things that are bigger than yourself, perhaps that are like, you're you're here to make something. It's very physical and to connect to the five senses and to help other people to do that. So when you said that you chose the, like Taurus is the sign that rules like plants and crystals and herbs and flowers. It's like, it's earth, earth medicine, but it's also Taurus is about the power of connecting to our five senses and being present in like mm. the human experience. So it's interesting to see again, like when we connect to our North node, it's like, we feel like we're riding a cosmic current, like, Ooh, that feels good. Like that's, that's picking us up somewhere. And so for you, it's also, it runs through your 11th house of community, of technology, of being part of like larger networks than your own. So just something to think about, like, if you have opportunity to yeah, form community around what you do or North Northern Taurus is like a lot of the people around you are like cosmic connections and working with them and working to create something that's bigger than yourself is um, a great like guiding principle. But Taurus, mm. North Node, the more you connect to earth, the more you connect to your pleasure and beauties and senses. And honestly, Taurus is like luxury. It's like, Reminding mm-hmm. ourselves that we deserve luxury. We deserve to feel good. We deserve to rest and restore ourselves. And we, like we deserve earthly delights. So that's just something interesting. When I saw your North Node in Taurus, I'm like, that's very fascinating because, you know, it sounds like in a certain time in your life, you realize like, oh, I want to do my gifts, but do them while connecting to these very like Taurus energies. So just paying attention to where you find yourself. If you have an option, a choice to make and you could go one of two ways be like which one of these feels more Taurus to me and to lean into that and you can like continue to study that energy and read about Taurus but yeah, um, that would be that would be like my advice to you is to like lean into that Taurus energy for sure I will yes I will I will put my boat into the Taurus river <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. I love Aquarius stellium. I mean, of course I talk to you now, of course, this whole year is so like Aquarians. I'm just trying to learn from people who are Aquarius. Cause I'm like, teach me your ways. Cause Aquarius is you're here to help like rebuild and envision a new future for all of us. So I'm like, show us, show us the way boss. <laughs> so it was so lovely chatting with you. I just wanted to end by asking you, is there anything coming up that you're excited about personally or professionally that you want to share with us or anything we can like look out for from you? I am excited like everyone. And like, I think my chart supports to be connecting with more people this summer as the weather warms up and things are looking safer and we're all, you know, taking precautions to socialize safely. I'm looking forward to that personally. And then professionally, um, I'm looking forward to developing some of these projects that that I now feel newly energized to pursue that I'll keep a surprise (laughs) and a secret. So yeah, you'll just have to keep your, your eyes peeled. I love that. And where can people find you? What's the best way for people to follow you and your work? I am on the Instagram all the time. I'm at Mumui, which is M-O-O-M-O-O-I. And that is my sort of go-to spot to post my updates and to find out how to subscribe to my newsletter and to connect with me. I love to chat. I'm very accessible. Yeah, come to Instagram. I love that. Well, thank you so much for just sharing some of your magic and your whimsical beauty and just all of your beautiful storytelling. It was such an honor to have you on today. Oh, thank you, Maddie. The honor was all mine. Um, I love seeing some sort of skeleton to all my quirks and <laughs> my journey. So I feel kind of, I feel very um, validated in all my weirdness. So I appreciate you and I'm so grateful. What I'm here to do to validate, validate all of our weirdness. Do you love getting your Cosmic RX for the week here and want more? Make sure to sign up for our premium subscription so you can get exclusive access to bonus podcast episodes, all of my astrology info for the month ahead, and live new and full moon calls to help you manifest your dream life with an intentional international community of other cosmic baddies. Sign up through our link in show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about Cosmic Rx, head on over to thecosmicrx.com. And if you really love this show, I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I super love hearing from you and reading your reviews. All right, you cosmic baddie, tune in next week. And until then, remember, love yourself fully, work your magic, and take no shit.